On this live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, we're going to discuss the Florida Panthers coming back from four goals down against the New Jersey Devils to find a way to win this game 7-6. to six. Only the second time since 2010 has a team come back from four goals down to win a game. We're going to discuss that more and some of the help that the Florida Panthers got on Saturday to help them get one step closer to the top spot in the Eastern Conference, all on this live Sunday bonus edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Sunday, April 3rd, live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at monoman 12 Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers. Don't forget to also follow the national show Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark, where they'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. And thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So, Cats fans, uh, <laughs> that was fun, but that was also a roller coaster of emotions. Not going to lie. Um, quite a few times the Florida Panthers have to deal with. Uh, quite a few comebacks of multiple goals. Uh, you could recall just a few months ago um, in one week with the Florida Panthers being down to the Washington Capitals and the Buffalo Sabres coming back from both of those and finding a way to win. It's just really about finding a way. And I got to, I got to count my lucky stars sometimes because uh a little personal note for from for me is um, usually Saturday matinees um, are really tough in my personal life based on work outside of this. I do have a day job outside of this, but thankfully, um, with rainouts with my games that I had uh, this weekend, uh, I didn't have to watch this one on demand. Uh, this n- would not have been the same had I watched this after the Florida Panthers committed this comeback against New Jersey Devils and counting my lucky stars short. I lost a little bit of income, not, not, not the end of the world, but I got to see this amazing comeback live and I get to react to it as it happens instead of knowing that it's coming and that, okay, how did this happen? How, how? And so I got to count a little bit of my lucky stars based on that. And very, uh, very thankful that really not not only that I get to cover a winning team, but very thankful that this team is just finding a way night in and night out, even when they don't perform their best. Because matinee games, especially matinee games against teams against contenders, Nick Fairbanks said it even in the previous episode on Fairbanks Friday, talking about how with these matinee games, um, it's a chance for it to be a trap game for the Panthers. 
an opportunity for them to, the, excuse me, the opposition to really stick it to a contender and play a little bit of spoiler. And of course, these non-playoff teams are playing for pride. Let's not forget that. They're playing for pride. So we got to kind of remind ourselves that when it comes to every single game from here on out before the playoffs start. And also, here's another thing. The Panthers were down 6-2. to two. Of course, if you watch the game, you know that. But if you look at and if you look at the box score before even listening to this podcast, you know that. And of course, when you're down against a team that on paper you shouldn't, of course, there's going to be that low lows when it comes to the game and just being so is like, why is this team performing the way they are against a team they shouldn't? And let me just remind all of you that each team is going to go through their fair share of downs throughout a playoff run, and they're going to go through their fair share of ups. Of course, we as Florida Panther fans are hoping that it results in a Stanley Cup, of course. And even a little skid is not going to be the end of the world. Let's give a little bit of an example. The 2015 Chicago Blackhawks, they won the Stanley Cup that year. They lost four straight games in the regular season heading into the playoffs in 2015. They won the Cup. So, and another example is in our very same region, the Miami Heat. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I've been following them uh, for, for, for a while, just like the Panthers. Seen six, six finals appearances. But in those finals appearances, I've seen the ups and downs that the Miami Heat have had to go through. Being down in series, coming back, game six, uh, with, of course, Ray Allen. Uh, game three, I believe, 2013 against San Antonio, being down 30 points at one point. They won. And even the years that they didn't win, there was downs and they found a way to come back up to win series heading into those NBA Finals appearances too. So let's put a little bit of perspective into what the Panthers are doing this season. This is a record-setting season. Best talent on paper that this Panthers team has ever had with now the Panthers standing at 100 points uh, this season. And it's only going to get to more when it comes to when the season is over. I mean, the Panthers have played 68 games. So if my math is correct, 14 left. So it's going to continue to be a record-setting season. And we're going to talk about more records in the coming weeks as the Panthers head into the postseason. But of course, the Panthers, they're ultimately going to be judged based on what they do in the postseason, of course, that's that's really the expectation. I mean, you don't trade two first round, two future first round picks. Excuse me, three actually: Sam Reinhart, Ben Sherratt, Claude Giroux. You don't trade them if you really, if you don't believe that you can win the Stanley Cup. So, like, we 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 gotta have like kind of take a little bit of a step back when it comes to where this team was to where it is now, the comebacks, 
And you know, of course, you don't want to start games like this. So nobody, nobody wants to. The players even said it in, in their post-game pressers that they don't want to start games like this. But anyone who watched the third period knows that they can and that there is that little sense of motivation coming out of the locker room. And Alexander Barkov was asked after the game if there was any yelling or screaming or frustration. He said no. But also, why would they yell at each other in the locker room coming out of the intermission? They haven't had many duds this season, really. If you look at really all most of their regulation losses this year, most of them, most of them, at least 75% of them, really are to teams on the playoff bubble or above. Really a few duds. Of course, Seattle twice, Ottawa back in December. I mean, with the Ottawa one, of course, uh, some context there with uh, COVID issues going on with the Panthers. So most of their losses have really have not really been major duds is really the point I'm trying to make. So even if the Panthers didn't find a way to come back to, in this one, it's uh, it's not really one that I would have really worried about long-term. I mean, I even said in our group chat with, with the guys from Panther Parkway, and Frank Rikas actually has an article up on pantherparkway.com, actually keeping some receipts of some of the writers on pantherparkway.com of what we were saying during the game. And it's actually quite comical. He kept a few receipts. So, <laughs> so even if they didn't come back, I was saying it. It's bad. It was bad game. Not a bad season. So just a little bit of a mindset check for, for everyone in the fan base. And really, it's also to keep myself in check as well, too. Sometimes we got to check ourselves when it comes to how this team is performing, how this team comes out against teams that are not really contending for a playoff spot, we have to still kind of check ourselves. Because at that time, especially the first two periods, I was thinking that same thing. Bad game, not a bad season. But the Panthers still found a way to come back. I mean, Tim Reynolds of the Associated Press had a tweet out uh, yesterday, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read it to you guys. Um, he said, since January of 2010, including the playoffs, NHL teams were one, 936 and two when trailing at least four goals entering the third period. After today, they're now two, 936 and two. Both wins were by the Florida Panthers. So, just the. Just a little bit of a uh, perspective of how often that does that that it doesn't happen often, but that we saw a little bit of a little bit of history last last yesterday afternoon uh, against New Jersey, but just uh it was a really important win. I'll say that um, if it was just your typical four to two win, whatever, but it, the fact that four goals down um, and you're still chasing for the division lead, not only the division lead, but the top of the Eastern Conference with how the wild card is looking. That really shows how much pride this team takes in going out there. They were they were disappointed. They're they're gonna they're gonna tell you that they were disappointed in how they came out. But just the fact that they were able to still find a way is the really the most encouraging part of all of this. 
But we're going to talk more about the game in the second segment of the show. But first, we're going to tell you all about Bet Online. And Bet Online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championship, which Tiger Woods is a game time decision for the Masters, but and Phil Mickelson is not playing, uh, podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting, wagering, and need and information, including live betting, esports, and sports. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Second segment on this live bonus Sunday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. And the Florida Panthers, they, of course, they came out flat to start the game the the, the top line of igor serengovich jack hughes dawson mercer was just dominating the the florida panthers uh top forward group let's let's just call it as it is um and really the the, the team as a whole there are a lot of lapses the florida panthers are not uh creating any breakaways and odd man rushes going the other way and the the new jersey devils were doing a really a really great job uh not um turning it over in the neutral zone um having it go uh the other way um by the way some news and notes uh Patrick Hornquist and Noel Chari are not on the trip for the Florida Panthers on this quick two gamer in uh New Jersey and Buffalo so they're not expected to play today in Buffalo as well but Radko Gudis uh didn't have the best game um in this one uh turns it over and Sharangovich uh converts on the first one and then here's the thing it's it was like this game in the first two beers, it was like it was like a if when it rains, it pours type type of scenario because the first two goals were just 17 seconds apart. Then the next next go round for the New Jersey Devils getting um getting on the board, none of uh, just, just less than a minute as well for for the for the New Jersey Devils, 45 seconds. Just looking at down on my notes, 45 seconds. So 17 seconds between two goals in the first period and then <laughs> 45 seconds in between two in the second. Gudis uh, turns it over in the first one, uh, in the second one, and the second goal, Jack Hughes goes unassisted. And and the shot on goal differential for the New Jersey Devils, uh, it took a while for the Florida Panthers to even get their first one. Um, at, there was a point where the New Jersey Devils were leading seven nothing in that in that category. Uh, of course, uh, Sam Reinhart creates a turnover in the Devils zone, keeps it in the the keeps it in. Uh, they're poking at it. Um, um, Lundell pokes at it. Loose puck goes down. Sharat uh, converts. And two one. Okay, cool. You you come out flat. Sharat makes it two one. Also, raise your hand if you uh, thought that Ben Sharat was going to get a goal before Claude Drew. Raise your hand. Okay, put your hand down. <laughs> you you did not think that Ben Sharat was going to get his first uh, goal before uh, Claude Drew did because uh, I know I didn't. But um, yeah, so it was the Panthers cut it down. Okay, they got them right where they want it. But then some of the little mental errors a little bit. They were committing some um some penalties, of course. Uh Gudis had a Gudis had a uh penalty um at the 903 mark in the second period. Uh trips Sharangovich. Sharangovich had a had a great game, had a hat trick, was named first star of the game. Kind of weird that a first star of a game, uh, even though the Florida Panthers came back that he um Sharangovich was listed as the first star. Don't necessarily agree with that, but you know, whatever. Um I thought 
I thought maybe Barkov or uh, Forsling could have had um, been the first star of the game. Uh, and it's it's so funny because uh, Goldie on the broadcast was saying that the New Jersey Devils were out panthering the Panthers. And, and he's talking about really the possession numbers when it comes to and the shot on goal differential. At one point, it was 18 to 6 in favor of New Jersey. This game ended 41 to 31 uh, with the Panthers leading in the shot on goal differential. So the early on, the the New Jersey Devils were out panthering the Panther. But also credit to Gudis. Um, Gudis, af- after the penalty ends, he comes out of the box uh, and, and leads the rush to, to uh, score, make it 4-2. Of course, uh, cutting the deficit to half, um, still, when you, when you come out that flat, comebacks are like that are unlikely. It's like, okay, the, the Panthers make this score a little bit respectable. Um, and even, and the goal that happened at the other end on the power play, which the Florida Panthers had five forwards and I'm not saying that it can't work. However, when you're putting five forwards who are not used to being back on the blue line, sometimes that could create opportunities for the opposition to go the other way on rushes. And that is the issue. That's the systemic issue issue of having five forwards there the panthers in the third period decided to change things up a little bit taking duclair off and putting mckenzie Weger as the defenseman on the blue line because you got to have somebody to protect it you're if you put five forwards there and you're putting someone who down at the at the point slash blue line who's not used to being there sometimes the puck is going to come out of the zone and you're going to have to reset and and do certain things over again. And when you're on the power play, of course, you want to have as much zone time as you can and create an op- opportunity to make the goalie uncomfortable, get your shots on goal, um, and keep the opposition from getting their line changes going the other way when they clear it. So it's really hard to make a five-forward power play unit work. It's not impossible, but... Of course, Ekblad's injury has a lot to do with it. Let's let's not sugarcoat that. Ekblad's injury doesn't help when it comes to when it when it, when it comes to that. Um, so maybe Andrew Burnett goes back to the four F one D when it comes to the power play because he he did do it at the start of the third of the third period. Sergey Bobrovsky wasn't the best. I mean, his team didn't really help him. Neither, but there was a there was one that Radko Gudis drew away from the play. It was the second uh, Sharon Govich uh, goal. He draws away from Sharon Govich, um, thinking that probably thinking that someone was going to draw at the other end, and having a little bit of faith in Sergey Bobrovsky that he's going to make the save. Sergey and listen, Sergey Bobrovsky should have made that. Save. He should have, but of course Radko Gudis um, getting in front of the net, creating a block, and also not exposing your goalie is also a something that is like Ugh, that's uh it, it's a it's a kind of like a mental lapse on both um uh, and of course um with the second end with the first that being a first end of a back-to-back i was thinking going into the third period it's 6-2 you're down buffalo's next so the florida panthers i don't recall a single moment this year where a goalie has been chased. And if, if, if I am, then I'm blanking here, but 
it ha- it hasn't happened often. And also the Florida Panthers on the offensive side of things, they weren't really much of a threat um in the slot. Like let's just look at some of their let's just look at some of their goals. I'm going to share um I'm going to share a uh a uh I'm going to do some screen sharing here um for for you guys. Um going to take my name out. Um yeah. So look 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 take a look at this. When it, um, for anyone on the YouTube, uh, anyone who's on the podcast, uh, make sure to subscribe to YouTube so you can see some of these uh, charts that I'm um, that I showed. This is from Natural Stat Trick. Look at all the goals that the Florida Panthers scored. <laughs> Most of them were at the top of the blue line, um, just uh, on top of the circle. Barely any of them were in the slot. The Panthers were really not a threat in the slot most of this game, um, and still found a way to win. Still found a way to win, and we gotta kind of count our lucky stars in a way. Because uh, the New Jersey Devils this season has have had a rotating that have been rotating goaltenders really, they're they're tops of the NHL on of teams that have been rotating goaltenders. They're I think they're the third most in all the NHL. So of course, uh, the Andrew Hammond, the ha- nicknamed the Hamburglar, uh, they're especially on that Forsling goal, the first one. The Florida Panthers got to count their lucky stars that he was on the ground. The 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 Florida Panthers were kept poking at him. The puck goes loose and and they and the Florida Panthers uh, convert. But let's talk about a little bit of the numbers even after the second period. I mean, the slot shots eleven to four in favor of New Jersey. Chances off the rush four nothing in in favor of New Jersey. So that was and the, and the top line of the New Jersey Devils were just dominating the the Panthers really. And Spencer Knight came in. I was like, okay. The the Panthers were down four. They were going to that 5F, 1D unit on the power play. I said, okay, let's see. Let's see if the Panthers can make a little bit of a spark here. And and they did. Um, just uh, Montour with a snipe uh, to make it 6-3. Uh, I was like, okay, you get one back. Okay. You get two back, multiple chances by Sam Sam Reinhardt, and of, apparently that goal by uh, by Forsling was unassisted. I, I didn't. I checked the replay again. I didn't really see a change of possession. Um, so chances are the NHL could change that. Um, where Rhino got the assist on on that one, but uh, the goal by Forsling it says unassisted. And there's a um, twenty three to five shot differential for the Florida Panthers. They were uh, controlling possession. The the and the New Jersey Devils looked shell shocked that the Panthers were just coming out of the gate. And again, Barkov said they weren't yelling at each other, and everything was calm in the locker room. I mean, I mean, even if they were yelling at each other, that's not something that they would want to dish out in public. I mean, I mean, I know if I were in that locker room, I know I wouldn't. And honestly, that's none of our business anyway. Really, that 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 is something that needs to uh, stay between them and. I really didn't start to believe that this comeback was going to happen really until the six on five, the first uh, bark off goal where he had the flick of the wrist on an assist from Bennett and um, Huberto. And Frank Rikas uh, was talking about a lot about how they need to get a goal within five minutes. And I was in agreement. Five minute mark came around. Okay. We don't have this goal. It's, it's not their night. And then just under the five minute mark, fifteen twenty three of the second period um, of the third period, they get it. I'm like, oh my god, this is this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. And the 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 one 
the one that got them to tie the game where Alexander Barkov converts on the one-timer. Guess who won the offensive zone face-off to create working it around, and then Barkov gets it. He's, he didn't get an assist on the play, but he won the draw, a very important draw. Claude Drew. This is why you get someone like this. And some of the discussion on Panthers Twitter yesterday was about how face-offs, we're talking about important face-offs, and I'm kind of in agreement that face-off percentage isn't the end-all be-all, and not all face-offs are created equal. But situational face-offs in your offensive zone when you're down, in your defensive zone when you're trying to clear the puck at the end of the game, and that's why you have a guy like Claude Drew. And he, there, there was no way that when when you're there in the faceoff circle and Claude Drew's on the other side, uh, you know you got a tall task at hand for for anyone who steps in, and he gets it. Barkov converts on the one timer and and gets it through. And of course, uh, the Florida Panthers um, found a way in overtime. Even honestly, even had had the New Jersey Devils won this in overtime. The fact that the Florida Panthers came back to at least get a point was would have been great for me after how flat they came out in the first period, um, first two periods, excuse me, and just how the Panthers twenty. We're talking twenty three to five shot differential in the third um, slot shots in the in the third period um, slash overtime six to three uh, chances off the rush. The, the New Jersey Devils did have more in the third period slash overtime. But the Florida Panthers were starting to create more of that. They had two um, in the in the third period. Gus Forsling, great game for him. Gets two goals in this one. Um, one from the point to to win it. And just um, Jonathan Huberto as well uh, reached the ninety point ninety six point mark, which now is tied for the most points by a Florida Panthers player in a single season in Panthers history. Just needs one more point to break that. Uh, um, franchise record for the for the Panthers. Um, the Panthers do get 100 points. That it's funny because that was lost in all of that too. Uh, the with with the Panthers um, winning yesterday because everyone was just uh, everyone was just uh, everyone was just excited and just disbelief of how the Panthers were able to come back from this. And even myself, I was two times since 2010, four goals going into the third period. They found a way. And since the all-star break, excuse me, before the all-star break, the Panthers only won one game when the opposition scored first. That was that shootout win against Vancouver on the road. Since. Do you know how many times the Florida Panthers have won when their opponent scores first on the road? Six. That is playoff level hockey. That's gonna, that's gonna, not necessarily playoff level hockey, excuse me. That is something that is gonna, that you're gonna need in the playoffs. And when you're down, when this team is down, these Panthers, no deficit is safe against them. That's just what it goes to show. And their current record when their opposition scores first is over 500 on the road now. 
seven, five, and four. That's their record, looking according to hockeyreference.com. So this this team is never out of it. <laughs> it was just the beautiful part. And they have another uh matinee matchup against the Buffalo Sabres uh coming up um just in a few hours. Uh we're gonna find out shortly uh who the starting goaltender is for the Florida Panthers. I'm gonna expect it to be Spencer Knight. He only faced six shots on goal uh coming into the game. Um after the second period but we're we're going to discuss more about that and some of the controversy that's some of some controversy that's headed around the nhl um over the last day but first we're going to tell you all about rock auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why under often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer chooses only brand their warehouse happens to carry you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket save time and money using rock auto why spend 30 50 even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership rock auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years they have everything bro you need from big parts tail lamps and motor oil and even new carpet go to rockauto.com and see all the parts for your car or truck Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Third and final segment here on this live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. It's a solo pod here on the show. We're talking mostly about the Florida Panthers and their comeback win. Oh, hold on one second. going to turn on my fan here in my office. A little hot in here. <laughs> but uh, it was a great, it, honestly, it was just a great Saturday full of sports. Uh, of course, the Florida Panthers set the tone with um, their comeback win against the New Jersey Devils. But it was just, also had an opportunity to watch um, Avalanche Penguins as well as Miami Heat, Final Four, flipping through Maple Leafs, Flyers, Bruins, um, Bruins, uh, Blue Jackets, uh, Wild, Hurricanes, and also um, the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, game against the Montreal Canadiens. And a lot of them uh, helped the Florida Panthers. That was such an important win for the Panthers. Let, let, let's, let's put that into perspective. It was an important win for the Panthers because it really increased their lead in the – Atlantic Division uh, as well, and the Tampa Bay Lightning dropped a point. The um, the, Tan- the Toronto Maple Leafs gained two points. So now those two are tied, and they face against each other on Monday night. It'll be the first end of a back-to-back for Toronto before the um, before the uh, Florida Panthers face them on Tuesday. So going to be interesting who is going to be the one to start in goal for the Maple Leafs before their game against the Panthers on Tuesday. So Something to monitor for um, for uh, anyone who's going to watch uh, Maple Leafs uh, Lightning on Monday. Going to probably dual screen that along with the NCAA, NCAA National Championship on uh, Monday night. But really for for the Panthers, they're, again, they're in the driver's seat. They're, they lead by two points over the uh, Carolina Hurricanes, and they have a game in hand. So it's a good situation for the Florida Panthers. So if they just continue... Uh, winning and controlling their destiny. Like I said on Fairbanks Friday, as long as they don't go on a skid, 
the team to watch outside of the division mostly is the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, and they they lost in regulation against Minnesota at home too. So, driver's seat, baby. <laughs> it's it's a beautiful thing to see when this team is right right there in in the driver's seat and really in full control of really their outcomes. And of course, one of the easiest schedules remaining and the talent that they have is a big, big help for this team. And one topic though that I do want to get into before we wrap up this live edition of the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast is a situation that happened in the Arizona Coyotes versus Anaheim Ducks game a few days ago. A lot of you guys have heard of this name recently. Trevor Zegras. Dude is incredible. World Juniors hero. Superstar for the Anaheim Ducks. He's going to be probably one of the guys who's really going to help the Anaheim Ducks be relevant again. Known for the Michigan. And people are talking about the Michigan. People are talking about the NHL. And then you have this old school commentator. Well, before I get that there, there is the hit by Jay Beagle on Troy Terry. Uh, because apparently they didn't like a, a play, the play, the Michigan play that uh, Trevor Zegers did, which ended up in a goal, which is now like his third time doing Michigan and scoring. What's wrong with that? It's showing amazing skill and it's getting people talking about the game. And Jay Beagle takes takes it personally. Also, if you're listening to this, you have the same amount of assists as Jay Beagle this season. So what Jay Beagle did was dirty and unnecessary to Troy Terry. Don't don't want to get embarrassed. Don't allow goals like that to Go in your net. Nothing wrong with the, the Michigan. And people like John Tortorella saying, oh, I don't know if this is something that, I don't know, I'm paraphrasing what John Tortorella is saying. He's like being an old, like that old school ho- hockey uh, person. And that's the problem with hockey culture as well, that we have people like John Tortorella and the commentator of the Arizona Coyotes saying, oh, if you want to do this stuff, don't 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 be surprised if you get hit. I'm Of course, I'm paraphrasing. The, the comments, I'm not, I don't know. But still, the fact that we have that kind of commentary is just unacceptable for, for the game. Encouraging Jay Beagle to go out there and hurt somebody. And Troy Terry was down and hurt too. And just, it's just idiotic for that kind of, that kind of uh, commentary to really try to destroy something that is really good for the game. It's got people talking about it and embrace it. NHL is back on ESPN. TNT picked it up. There's more coverage of this game than ever. Of course, there's still a long way to go for this sport to be where we want it to be at the levels of maybe the NFL, NBA, and even MLS, I mean, MLS is starting to grow more and more and more as more cities are starting to get teams. Um, Major League Baseball is starting to really not be as popular anymore, even though I'm still a baseball fan. But MLS is growing. Um, why not Why not the NHL? And comments like these are starting to 
are kind of holding the game back of trying to have as much growth as as it can. And we just got to take a step back and understand that these are kids trying to have fun playing a game and they happen to get paid for it. Isn't 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 that the great isn't that the greatest job in the world? I mean, a lot of us growing up wanted to be professional athletes because we get to get we get to play a game and get paid for it. And the the skill, I can't do the Michigan. Trevor Huberto can't even do the Michigan. At least he says he can't do it. But you never know what kind of bag of tricks that Jonathan Huberto could do in a game that could surprise people. But that's just skill that is really hard to find in 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 hockey these days. And just embrace it. Embrace it. And if the when when the Anaheim Ducks come to town and they happen to they and they happen to and Trevor Zegers does the Michigan again. I'll be I'll, I'll I'll probably have my face my hand over my face face palming, but looking back at it, I'll be like, man, that was a sweet goal. And I guess I guess baseball is also on the downward trajectory as well because of old school people and unwritten rules too. But that's a discussion we could get into for for hours and hours and hours. If you want if you want to hear more about that, uh, listen to. The locked on MLB channels and and of course locked on Marlins with Peter Pratt. Um, they'll they'll just they they'll probably have more to say on like unwritten rules and all that stuff. But of course, uh, we don't really say unwritten rules in hockey. But I guess don't don't embarrass the other guy is an unwritten rule, which is so stupid. <laughs> it's it's idiotic. Uh, I, I will say that. Let 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 Trevor Zegers uh, and ha- have fun with his with his Michigan if he if that's the way he scores goals and it. And I will say, if Trevor Zegers is doing the Michigan and not scoring goals, every reason to try to, every reason to try. But the puck's going in the net. Why are we mad about that? Celebrate high skill. This game is about not only the team, but we don't have a skills challenge. We have a skills challenge in the all-star game for a reason. Why not bring that skill onto the game? So that's really my two cents in really the whole Trevor Zeger situation. I, and I know this is a Panthers show, but this is also an NHL show. We talk about the whole league as a whole, talking about the whole, uh, about the league as a whole. So wanted to get that out of, out of my, off my chest and really talk about that situation out in uh, Anaheim and um, Arizona to talk about that and just let, 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 let them have fun really is what, what I have to say. So we are, it is 10.59 a.m. here in the East Coast. So the Panthers just had their presser at 10.45 um, a.m. right before their game against the Buffalo Sabres. So we actually can actually provide a little bit of an update um, for the lineup today. Uh, um, Jumbo Joe will be in the in the lineup today and Spencer Knight will be starting uh for the Panthers today um against the Buffalo Sabres. So those are a little bit of the lineup updates. No other lineup updates uh for the Panthers as they head to their um their matinee matchup against the Buffalo Sabres a 1 p.m. puck drop for um 
for the Florida Panthers and the Buffalo Sabres. Their third matchup of four uh, this season. Panthers won the first two. One of them was in comeback fashion just a few months ago. Uh, the other one was a 6-1 road win at Buffalo. That was the one where Anton Lindell uh, got hurt um, after coming out of the penalty box. So sec- second to final matchup against the Buffalo Sabres. Um, hopefully the Panthers don't have a letdown. And we will be talking about the Florida Panthers clinching a playoff spot in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs because one went away. One more win, excuse me. And the Panthers will be in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs. And thank you for listening to this live bonus Sunday edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. We will be back on Monday to discuss the Florida Panthers game against the Buffalo Sabres. Hopefully we're talking about a win there and talking about the Florida Panthers going into their very important Tuesday night matchup against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who will be on the second end of a back-to-back. We'll have more updates as we get closer to that game. But in the meantime, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Make sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. We'll be covering all the regular season activities around the National Hockey League. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. And for your second listen of the day, Make sure you listen to today's episode of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Both Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy team. Follow the Lockdown Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Sarmar Mondavlez, signing off. And you've been listening to Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. What's your team? Every day.